0: Bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file recommendations, make reports, and defend ourselves against the increasingly hungry leopard in the hallway as we try to sleep each night on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room as water from the boiler pipes drips into our mouths and keeps us alive. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, this city isn't going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session.
1: Hello. Oh, hello. How are you doing?
0: Oh, uh, I'm doing great. My my arm is sore for some mysterious reason.
1: Oh dear. Did you knock it against something?
0: Uh no, but I did wake up at one point of the night to see shadowy figures in white hazmat suits injecting me with something. So that might be it.
1: Huh. Nothing like that happened to me. I sleep really heavily though.
0: Yeah, and uh yeah, they they I, I felt them grab my arm, a little pimprick, and then one of them said, Scott Moe says hello. And then he left. And that was that I was out again.
1: Ooh, you got the Scott Mo hello. I've <laughs> heard about these.
0: It's Scott Mo hello. That keeps us keeps us healthy.
1: Should we have a meeting?
0: <laughs> we should. Uh, should we take attendance? Yes. All right. Um, first attendee. Uh, oh, Ace Duplehen.
1: Ace Duplehen.
0: Ace Dupelhen. Yep. Nobody.
1: Nobody's here by that name.
0: Fifth baseman for the Red Sox, 75 to 2019.
1: Sorry, which baseman?
0: Fifth baseman.
1: Hmm, I didn't know they went that high.
0: They they do. Uh, apparently, they got into, uh, well, it was a kind of a 70s uh, sort of high energy physics uh, innovation where they got into multiple dimensions of baseball. Oh. Yeah. So essentially, uh, Ace was there positioned right on the, uh, the tesseract. Oh, really? They're just there to catch anyone who accidentally sort of like, sort of sort of vaulting through like wormholes in space and time.
1: Right. Because in previous years, that would have just been a ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. But now, yeah, it's hand. Uh, unfortunately, the odds of that ever happening were so remote and only happening at the quantum level that uh, nothing as large and as governed by Newtonian physics as a baseball could could actually get through, so he uh, he was very he uh, found himself rather bored.
1: Yeah, I would think.
0: Yeah, and uh, anyway, he uh, he snapped and he kidnapped the Goodyear blimp and tried to uh, take it through into another universe.
1: Did that work out for him?
0: Apparently so. Huh. Well, we don't theoretically yes, but the truth is none of us have been able to actually observe uh, Ace and his blimp. Well, we can, we can observe where it's going, or we can observe its position, but not both at the same time.
1: So you just put him on the agenda on, like, you know, the quantum chance that he shows up for today's meeting?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I figure if we're both looking, one of us might see him, and one of us might get a sense of his trajectory. Right.
1: And then we can combine that information, and we can make some conclusions about where a stuple hen is.
0: That's right. But uh, my my observation shows that uh, I, I can't I can't actually see him. Uh, have you detected any a stupen like? No,
1: position? no, uh, I don't have. I have I have no readings on his velocity whatsoever.
0: Okay, well um, now that I actually I'm gonna look more closely at uh, some quantum probabilities here, and there's actually the overwhelming likelihood is that I've mixed up the letters. Oh dear! And uh, it should be. Paul de That's me. Oh, all right. So you're here.
1: Mark me present.
0: Mark you present, and like in a Newtonian way, not some, not some nonsense Niels Bohr esque sort of quantum business.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. All um,
1: classical physics with me, they say.
0: That's what they say. Well, I mean, you are normal size, so you would be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and our, another attendee is Oman Dinraga.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't see an Oman Dinraga.
0: No, okay. Well, he, uh, he owns a mattress store on 11th. Oh, yeah. And I think what happened is he, like, he's, he listens to our show, and he's heard about us sleeping on um, dot matrix printer paper, and I think he's uh, going to come down to sell us a couple of mattresses.
1: Oh, that's really kind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was hoping he'd donate them, uh, like maybe in return for a sponsorship. Uh, mm-hmm. Although we already have a sponsor, as you know, the Regina Business, uh, business uh, Warehouse District Improvement Improvement Th- those district. guys, those guys, uh, yeah, wow, boy, when you get when you get a shot from when you get the Scott Mo hello, it, it, you get a little confused, um, but yes, the Warehouse Business Improvement District is what it is. They are our sponsor. They are great. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Uh, anywho, uh. So yeah, so apparently he just wants to sell us a couple of mattresses, uh, but I didn't give him instructions on getting down here, so I think he may be stuck outside.
1: Do you think he would? Oh, do you think he would take anything in trade? He might. What? Because uh, I'm just like rummaging around, and I can't, I can't find any cash.
0: Well, we haven't had any of that for a while.
1: No, but I've got like the rubber band ball and the paper clips.
0: Oh yeah. He could probably make a, a mean mattress out of that.
1: Yeah. And these are vintage paper clips. These are the 1970s paper clips. None of this, like, newfangled modern paper clips for us.
0: Oh, those are the ones that always stab you when you try to, like, uh, attach papers together. Yeah. Oh, oh those are great. Um, yeah. Uh, highly toxic, though. So you mm-hmm. might get blood poison from using them. So, you know, just be careful. Attention. Yeah, be careful. Um... Fortunately, even though Oman can't be here with us today uh if 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 I rearrange the letters, uh, I can get Aiden Morgan
1: well, that's you, and you are here
0: okay, so that's great. so you're here, I'm here, and we have quorum
1: we do not I'm sorry
0: okay well well nonetheless, we will persevere yeah what what is our what is our meeting if not quorum persevering
1: yeah. <laughs> Persevering in the face of a quorum deficit.
0: <laughs> exactly. In the face of irrelevance. We, we, we beat back against the current. Whatever I mean, the heck that was. Anyway.
1: Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the agenda?
0: Yeah, let's get on with that agenda business.
1: Well, let's see. We have got... Whoa, hey, there's breaking news. Ooh. The city has sold some land for $4 million to... A mystery purchaser. Have to interrupt here for a moment to say that while we were recording this meeting, Arthur White Crummy and Murray Mandrick were breaking huge news in the Leader Post revealing the identity of this mystery purchaser, the Jerks. It turns out the mystery purchaser is Viterra, and that is, in a word, disappointing. Just once, I'd like for one of these big city announcements to involve something cool, like rocket cars, movie studios, or genetically engineering dinosaurs. The world needs dinosaurs right now, but no, we're going to get something to do with grain handling. Well, enjoy this segment from the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, tuned into the community. It's a segment Arthur and Murray have rendered completely obsolete with their reporting. And enjoy your grain, Regina. Regina.
0: Ooh, wow, four million bucks—that's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think that money's worth. Hey, I—I was, but I'm a little surprised though, because I—I would think that uh, that four million dollars for um, however many hectares that is sounds sounds a bit below market value.
1: It's it, funny you should say that because it 20. completely is.
0: Oh, neat. Okay, I'm glad, yeah. I, I'm glad I had that instinct.
1: Yeah, um, it's 256.4 hectares uh, of property that's like. To the north, adjacent to the co-op refinery.
0: Oof, that's prime real estate.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't you want to live there?
0: I sure would. I'm actually disappointed they sold it to a mystery purchaser, because I would love to build a nice, like, you know, 20-story house right on that property.
1: Yeah, some condos. to the
0: refinery.
1: (laughs) Well, if you, you know, everybody loves the refinery and all the great stuff it does for the city of Regina. So why wouldn't you want to live up close to it?
0: Yeah, and you know, just spend your days hanging out and inhaling,
1: mm-hmm. just gazing in wonder upon industry,
0: <laughs> and slowly develop and slowly building up the percentage of lead in your bloodstream. Yeah, well, I don't know what. Um, anywho, so so what what what's going on with this mystery purchaser?
1: I have no idea. Um, Because there was another big story that broke last week, and that was that uh, Federated Co-op had Mm -hmm. purchased True North Renewable Fuels. And listeners will probably remember that True North Renewable Fuels is a company from Alberta that had uh, come to the city to ask for a grant from council to uh, do the work to put a, uh, a biodiesel plant near Regina. And Mm -hmm. council was like, Hey, biodiesel. Yay. It's like 70% less, you know, carbon intensive than regular diesel. Uh, this is, this is a renewable fuel. They said, so they gave the, it was a $1 million grant for true North renewable fuels. But then about a week and a half ago, uh, news broke that federated co-op had purchased true North renewable fuels uh i don't know the purchase price but and the deal uh you know as these things are it's not like completely open about how all that ha- how that came together but yeah so true north has been purchased by co-op co-op was like this is you know the future is renewable energy and uh we want to we want to get in on that so they purchased True North, and so I assumed when I heard there was a mystery purchaser buying a big chunk of land at below market price adjacent to federated co-op, I assumed that the mystery purchaser was federated co-op. But it what? was not. It no. was not because federated co-op was at the meeting to say <laughs> Did not appreciate the city selling this city-owned land uh, adjacent to the co-op, but they did not appreciate this land being sold without any consultation. In fact, uh, the representative from co-op said, "We found out about this from the news, so there was no consultation with adjacent business and landowners." Uh, uh, that's all very strange. Um, but council apparently knows who the mystery purchaser is. Uh they just can't say uh because it's all it's all um I don't know, secret and mysterious.
0: Hush hush and on the QT.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh Federated Co op is not happy about this. Uh and they did indicate in one news report. Uh, that this could jeopardize their interest in true North because uh, they had assumed they would be able to expand onto adjacent land um, to do this uh, biodiesel plant. However, there is other adjacent land. There's, hectares and hectares of land around federated co-op that they could purchase and expand into. Hmm. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. They're definitely not happy. And I don't know how keen they are going to be to, you know, struggle to find a plot for their biodiesel plant. Now that uh, city council is kind of, well, it sounds like this deal has been in the works for months that uh, like long before co-op, bought true north so uh i think it was i don't want to say it was a fait accompli by the time i got an executive committee but uh it was a unanimous vote in favor hmm.
0: well you know I, I have to say i don't have a lot of sympathy for federated co-op because if they wanted the land that badly they should have just gone in and uh, offered to buy it for even less
1: that would have been smart
0: yeah like say three million wow that's even that's even less that's even worse than our mystery purchaser you got it
1: yeah and maybe this is a double bluff maybe it is federated co-op that bought the land but they have Mm -hmm. to keep up pretenses
0: or or you know what i you know what i think it might be what the mystery purchaser maybe the mystery purchaser hit their head really hard uh like recently, and now they have amnesia, and they can't remember their name.
1: Ooh, that could be it. Yeah,
0: that's probably it. So, yeah. like that. So you know, so they can't actually reveal who the purchaser is because every time they say, "Who are you?" the purchaser goes, "I don't know," <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it's well, wait, there's some land you purchased here. Maybe if you go stand on that land, um, it'll jog your memory." So let's go drive by and see if anybody's standing there. Oh, my God. We'll
1: do you have any missing time?
0: <laughs> Plenty of it.
1: Could you, be, could you be the mystery purchaser?
0: I might be. Could I, I be the
1: mystery purchaser?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that I offered to buy that land for approximately 20 bucks at one time. And that's, I mean, that is so low.
1: That is so I mean, below market value.
0: That, that, there's no way the city council could reasonably pass that up.
1: Yeah. Oh dear. Well, I guess we're we might we might be able to live that dream of having some condos just north of the co-op.
0: Yeah, and just open up a massive improvement bureau.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, um, I don't know when we're going to find out what who the mystery purchaser was and what their uh, their mysterious development plan is for that land. I hope it's great.
0: I'm I'm certain it will be.
1: Yeah, they do say it's gonna. It could employ fifteen hundred people. Whatever it is.
0: Well, that's about how many people I was thinking of employing. So maybe. It yeah. Is me. Yeah. Huh. Mostly, hey, that, in, the, mostly in the manufacture of gumball machines and such.
1: Right. Um, because you're such a, a gumball purchaser.
0: <laughs> I am. Uh, well. I'm interested in the manufacture and distribution of gumballs and gumball machine accessories
1: I don't know it's exciting uh I hope it isn't like I hope it isn't like a meat packing plant <clears throat> a meat packing plant that would be like the worst
0: yeah I actually yeah I, I do not need to, I, I really don't need something that's going to make this place smell like rendering fat
1: yeah I guess it can't be anything like you can't could you put something like would it be food safe to do something next to the the refinery? I'm not quite
0: sure, actually. Yeah, I'm actually, I would like to know what you, what business you can put next to like an industrial, like a heavy industrial polluter. I, I have no, no idea.
1: All right. Well, there's other news. Oh, good. So executive committee had a meeting on April 2- 7th and uh, at it, uh, real Regina Exhibition Association Limited, uh, their president, Dreamy, Dreamy Tim Reed presented their proposal for Brandt Center 2.0. Um, yeah. Uh, they're saying that Brandt Center is getting old and it's kind of small and not competitive anymore. And uh, it's not up to industry standard. Whatever the, whatever the standard for an industry, which is having a really big empty space. Our yeah. big, our big empty space, and, our, and it's a mid-sized. Our mid-sized empty space is not up to industry standard anymore.
0: Right, it needs to be. It needs to be a gigantic, competitive empty space.
1: Right, and uh, yeah, so they uh, they came out with a report, and the report was basically just sort of an overview of the situation and presenting. The three options on how to go forward. One would be to, uh, basically modernize, uh, the current brand center with like some few tweaks and stuff. Another would be a more significant, uh, renovation, modernization, uh, a repurposing. And the uh, third would be, you know, tear the sucker down and build a whole new brand center. And you're never going to guess what was deemed the most financially responsible of those three options.
0: I I, I don't think I have to guess.
1: Nobody did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was Deja Vu was very strong with their presentation. Uh It uh, was very reminiscent of the days when uh, we were getting the song and dance about the need for a new mosaic stadium. Uh, The... Uh, the end result was uh, the, the report came forward. Uh, it does say that, you know, a new build is probably the best way to go, although it doesn't make the conclusion that's what you have to do. And this is just a recommendation from a municipal corporation. This has no there's no like uh, there's nothing definite or binding about this report. And council did pass it, but they merely passed it to say, let's continue the discussion. Uh, and let's do the next stage report, which is, uh, it's going to take about a year. And this report will be a plan on how to replace Brandt Center, uh, what, you know, what would have to go into it to make it worth doing this, and um, how to pay for it would be the other element of this plan. And it would include at this stage, they were strictly speaking to uh, the board of real was involved in this the mayor was involved the previous mayor was involved in this discussion and uh the pats the hockey team were involved uh, mm-hmm. so basically the 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 very close stakeholders were involved in this part of the report the next stage is when they're going to have like a wider community based discussion with you know everybody about Does the city think that we need a new stadium or new arena? And do uh, people think that we need like what do they want to see go into it? If we get that, an interesting point about this is while the sort of there's sort of an assumption that it will be built on the the Regina Evraz campus uh, where the old. Uh, Brant Center was, that is not set in stone. And there was discussion at this meeting about perhaps moving it to another more, more to another better position in the city that would activate a community. Uh, they, they were very uh, adamant about the ability of an arena to uh, enliven a neighborhood and anchor a whole district. And I think there's been talk, Councillor uh, Flagle Uh, When he ran for mayor and Felden is now no longer a counselor, uh, a cornerstone of his of his campaign was putting a hockey arena downtown. This Mm -hmm. would align with that idea. I think there's there is some movement in the city to put a new brand where we to build one, perhaps on the rail lands or something like that. So uh, fun fact. The brand center we currently have was built for a mere seven million dollars, but that was 1977. So in 2020, dollars, that's $28.5 million.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. But apparently, were we to build a $28 million stadium now, we would not be getting one that we would be getting a replacement for brand. And that, as you know, is not up to the industry standard for medium-sized empty spaces.
0: Not at no. all. Um, by the by, while, yep. while you were uh, talking about this, I took the opportunity to um, fire up my um, quantum capacitor uh-huh. and look at some possible futures. Oh, let's hear it. And, well, and it, the most likely possible future is yes, it gets built on the rail yards, and it is a massive and competitive empty space. But the, there's a problem with it, and that is all the workmen who go in. Or in, and work or work people I should say uh, and anybody else uh, disappears. So they send in uh, a pair of uh, scientists, uh, Brock Taggart and uh, Lexi McTeague uh, Lexi McTeague, a fiery redhead who uh, used to be married to Brock Taggart uh, and now they have a feisty uh, angry but probably loving relationship. Uh, they go in with a bunch of soldiers to ferret out what the problem is and uh, it turns out that the state-of-the-art computer uh, that controls every aspect of the new Brandt Center uh, has one overarching demand, that it be kept a giant empty space. And therefore, it grotesquely murders anybody who goes in there. So they have, wow. to, they have to survive and shut
2: it down.
1: That is a remarkably specific prediction and a really strong prediction. Uh, argument against building a new arena
0: i think so well especially with like a state-of-the-art like supercomputer
1: isn't everything going to be state-of-the-art supercomputers
0: oh my god you're right we're doomed
1: we are totally doomed uh but well the, uh,
0: the picture the picture that comes out afterwards uh does does pretty good box office so you know it's not uh not, not all is lost
1: and make the queen city famous
0: yeah although they change it to Chicago. So it's,
1: you know, of course. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's likely that this is going to get built. I found it interesting how uh, a lot of the talk about putting concerts in this new venue, uh, putting, um, you know, well, hockey will be in there. Obviously there was talk of getting a professional lacrosse team in there. Um, It sounds a little bit like this new facility might compete with the new facility we just built because, Uh, A lot of the things that they, you know, like concerts and stuff, that was what they sold us on Mosaic with. Right. And, uh, you know, other sports and stuff, which seem to have not really manifest uh, in any sort of sustainable way at New Mosaic. So... I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Councillor Stevens, when he voted in favor, uh, his comments before that were that uh, he wants to see the next report. He's supportive of renewing any recreation facility in the city. But that he, we have to recognize that we already have some major uh, infrastructure projects that are on the, it, that are in the queue already such as the aquatic center that uh mayor masters you know part of her campaign for mayor was that we were going to build a you know big new aquatic center to serve the community also uh the downtown branch of the library is on the list there's a whole long list of uh, recreation uh work that needs to be done and uh there's only you know, limited public dollars, limited, uh, limited sponsorship dollars to uh, support a new, uh, a new everaz, And uh, this would be, as Tim Reed confessed, this will be highly reliant on city dollars to build. Uh, and when they were out looking, they couldn't find a similar sized facility in the country that had more than 16% private investment. So uh, unless the, unless the federal government changes course dramatically because they don't typically fund stuff like this and if the province feels all of a sudden generous it's going to fall on the city to build this Um, so there you are Mm -hmm. but uh, on that note uh, we've got to head into our pre-recorded innovative revenue tools because we have run out of time for this part of the meeting
0: well very well Let's, let's fire those things up
1: The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District, improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools.
0: Well, you know, I got, I got so lost in the, sort of the experience of Innovative Revenue Tools, uh, I, I felt like I'd come unstuck in time.
1: Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, but now I'm back. I'm I'm back. Uh, I also discovered I'd left the quantum capacitor on, so it was actually um dragging some of my neurons through its quantum gate. I'm so.
1: sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's it's okay. I just you know, just a little bit of just a slight headache and uh you know, dryness of you know, in the mouth.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything else new in the world? Uh, I don't know. Um I understand um that uh we are no longer Like our long, like municipal nightmare of no pickleball is is finally over.
1: It's true. And all I want to say is, and I say this every time, pickleball is wonderful. Uh, The people who play pickleball are wonderful. And they're entitled to all the pickleball spaces that they can fill with pickleball players. Exactly. You will never hear from the Queen City Improvement Bureau any mockery, calumny, insult, of any sort about pickleball. We love pickleball and we love pickleball players.
0: I, I agree. And every time we bring up pickleball, the same thought always co- like goes through my mind, which is "What what's pickleball again? And then I look up pickleball and I am reminded. And I got to say, I love the balls. Those little sort of like pockmarked balls. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like no matter what the game's like and the game looks like a lot of fun. I just think the aesthetics of pickleball are awesome.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a marvelous sport. Um, there is a possibility, Councillor Brashani, in discussion of Everest 2.0, asked, you know, I will suggest it, is there a possibility that there will be pickleball in the new Everest place? Sorry, in the new uh, Brandt Center is what I meant to say.
0: And I'm hoping the answer was yes, a thousand times, yes. Well, there was one of those
1: confirming, of course, there will be Pickleball in any new facility. Uh, please don't draw the attention of the Pickleball Illuminati to this project. That laugh.
0: Yes, I got gotcha. you.
1: Yeah. Uh, and they'll be happy because uh, Friday, the, all of the Pickleball courts will be open by Friday, April 23rd. They've started opening them now, but there's been a little bit of a setback in the form of third winter.
0: Yes. Uh, What about about COVID-19, though? How is that going to affect the whole pickleball business?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there's all the usual COVID-19, you know, public health orders are in place. So, like, you know, physical distancing. Don't handle somebody else's pickleballs unless they've been washed.
0: And don't build... Uh, four walls and a roof over your pickleball court, right indoor court when yeah the ones that are open are outdoor courts
1: yep, avoid touching shared surfaces like pickleballs, mm-hmm. yep Nets. Um, and uh don't touch your face until you've washed your hands after you've touched a shared pickleball right, yep, so all that stuff is in place, but yes, the pickleball courts will be open as a way to you know to get the pickleball people out. Uh, you know, during this, these COVIDy times. Oh, hey, uh, just something. Uh, you mentioned don't put, uh, four walls and a roof over top of your pickleball court. Um, I just, uh, something that came up in the discussion of the new Brandt Center was, uh, Councillor Stevens. Uh, asked if they had considered putting uh, a roof over the Mosaic Center and letting that function as the arena as well as our stadium. And apparently, uh, this roof-ready stadium that we have, it would cost $200 million to put a roof on it. So it would actually be cheaper to build a whole new arena than to put a roof on our roof-ready stadium.
0: My, oh my.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying my, oh my, because... I'm trying, trying not to curse horrendously but the memory of that stupid roof. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: basically, the last thing that I think needs to be discussed is big news in the Queen City uh, news today. Again, breaking news. The statue of Sir John A. McDonald in Victoria Park has been taken down.
0: Oh, so it didn't get up and run away.
1: Oh, oh. I just assumed, because the platform was empty, that they had removed it since Council had decided to remove it. But, you know, strange things happen.
0: I thought maybe after his uh, slumber of, of, of strange eons, that Sir John A. had woken up again and was ready to rule Canada once more.
1: It could be. Or maybe he just, you know, he'd heard all of these people talking smack about him, and he just started to feel really unwelcome, and he just left.
0: Maybe he'll be in like a Netflix special now.
1: I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Well, be that as it may, perhaps John A. has left in a peak, or perhaps the city has taken him down. Uh, It doesn't change the fact that council did vote 7-4 to to take down the Sir John A. Macdonald statue in Victoria Park.
0: Wow. So who who are the four holdouts?
1: Yeah. Because I thought it would be unanimous, but unfortunately, Councilors Hawkins, Bresciani, Shaw, and Findura voted to keep the statue where it was. And oh. their argument wasn't that, you know, we should keep it there in perpetuity, but that there was insufficient consultation with the whole of Virginia to justify taking the statue down and so they voted to have a consultation now keep the statue up and let the people of regina decide whether to take it down or not basically a sort of like a soft referendum have a uh, have a community consultation to make the decision so the council doesn't have to
0: oh boy that doesn't sound like an utter waste of taxpayers dollars one bit yeah seriously that just sounds ridiculous you don't yeah, don't do whole community consultations over a statue. That's
1: yeah, well, guess what? We are going to anyways.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Because the uh, the order to take the statue down includes uh, that it will be put into storage for one year, over which time there will be a broad consultation with the whole community about where would be a more suitable location and uh, how can we put the statue of John A. Mcdonald? into the full context of uh, Sir John A.'s legacy in Canada. Yeah, it was a very, very, very long discussion about this. It went on for about two hours. There were, I think, about 12 delegations who spoke, uh, the bulk of whom were speaking against the statue and in favor of putting it into storage. And only two or three people came to defend the statue and, uh, you know, wanted it to stay where it was. Uh, I actually have some audio from that meeting. I've just collected uh, four little clips from councillors speaking about their rationale for why they support or why they uh, don't support the the report recommendation to put the statue into into storage. I thought I'd play that now. And uh, yeah, let's.
3: Councillor LeBlanc, you had your name in on the main motion initially. Would you like to speak? Please. Some people say and have argued today that we've got to balance John A's good actions against his bad ones and that his bad ones don't discredit his good ones. On the good side we've heard he united French and English-speaking Canada, he completed the railroad all the way to BC and he opened up Western Canada to the ancestors of many folks who now live in Regina. On the bad side he intentionally starved Indigenous people throughout the West, he introduced government-backed residential schools, he criminalized Indigenous ceremonies like powwows, and he implemented the Indian Act PASS system. I think it's, ina- it's inaccurate to think that some of these policies were good while others were bad. Rather, these are the same policies as seen through two different lenses. One by the people the policies were meant to benefit, white folks, and the other by the people harmed by the policies, Indigenous folks. The railroad was built to settle white folks in the West. In order to settle white folks, John A sought to clear the plains. He did this through starving, marginalizing, and deculturing the indigenous inhabitants. Councillor Hawkins, I can take it back to you if you like for your comments. Thank you very much, Mayor Masters. I voted with
0: the minority for the following reason. The consultation process, while it included some groups, uh, was limited. The report which is before us contained no broad-based consultation of the public in our community. We have a duty to consult fully and inclusively. We have a responsibility to hear all voices. We have an obligation to listen before acting. If we do not allow the broader community to participate fully in the decision which we are making today, we endanger
2: reconciliation and that would be tragic.
3: Councillor Stevens, you were uh, first in line for the discussion.
2: This is probably going to be the easiest thing we can front. We are just asking to move a piece of bronze into storage for 12 months maximum. At that point, we're going to have a public consultation about the final uh, final resting place. And I think we're going to find that resolution much sooner. I think there's a built-in compromise already. And I'm actually quite grateful that many who have suffered at the hands of intergenerational harm and so on are as accommodating as they are in this regard that they're okay seeing the statue just removed and placed somewhere else based on the compromise we reached that executive committee we also crafted language that says that we'll have an honest and accurate historical reflection of John and McDonald's legacy in that location all of the issues that residents have raised will be addressed this isn't cancel culture or racing history or virtue signaling or whatever uh, is, the, is the, you know, a popular term to claim what this is. The dominant society had their voice in the 1960s in the crafting of this bronze statue, and that's what we see today. That time has come, and I think it's up to us to at least do the small task today to remove it and to find something more permanent. Uh, and I, I think one last point, I think what I find particularly offensive is this notion that these are crimes of the past they happened that only works as an argument if you discount the lived experiences of indigenous peoples who are dispossessed executed violently repressed and subject to what we now understand to be a concerted policy of cultural genocide.
3: Councillor Bresciani you are next up on the original motion. The
4: piece that speaks to me about this is it's about reconciliation and we've heard from reconciling Reconciliation Regina, that they want the statue uh, to be removed to find another location. And I guess the concern that I have is that um, Reconciliation Regina speaks for some voices, but not all. And even within that organization, there was a mixed view of what to do. So I worry about the fact that uh, we've heard that that needs to be the move forward to take him out and... Put them in storage. I'm going to ask, what, what what does anyone learn when someone's in storage? And there was hurt, and I understand that. And one of the things that we have to, I really discuss, is how do we move forward? How do we see that we have Johnny McDonald and Louis Riel somewhere together to tell the true story? That's what reconciliation is. This is not reconciliation where we haven't heard all voices. We haven't brought everybody together to learn. We haven't, we haven't done that. We've listened to a few voices. I get that. And there's many hurts in history. Many, many hurts in history. If you talk to many elders and the knowledge keepers, this is something that I will say that there's still more discussion to be had here. And I do believe that if we move this forward to, to, um, move the statue into storage. I think the piece there would be, a, it would be working backwards from reconciliation, which we have worked so hard for, because you will have many people that are hurt, Indigenous and non-Indigenous.
3: Councillor Statencheck.
5: We do not like to have majority rule over minority um, rights. Uh, we don't take votes on that. If, if we're going to take a vote or have the majority. um, I think that's part of the issue that we're dealing with, is that we have failed Indigenous people for decades and decades and decades. And every time they say this is what we need to heal, we're saying, well, we got to check in with everybody else on this. Now, a lot of people have said that we're trying to erase history or amending history, but we are not erasing history we are not amending history we are making amends with history and if we want to talk about erasing history it was johnny mcdonald and and decades of governments that erased indigenous history if we want to talk about cancel culture it was johnny mcdonald and decades of governments that tried to cancel the entire culture of indigenous people outlawing their practice Powwows, their dress, their language. The, McDonald's legacy was trying to cancel, trying to obliterate, obliterate indigenous peoples in this land to make them irrelevant. And now it's up to us to make amends, to fulfill our treaty, our part of the treaty obligations, and let's tell the full story of John A. McDonald. Let's move from somewhere where that history can be told.
1: So that was City Council discussing uh, the fate of the John A. MacDonald statue in Victoria Park. And uh, those are some of the arguments on both sides. And uh, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Gotta say, hey. Councillor Stadnachuk is uh, a very quotable Councillor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: that was a, That was an extremely well-reasoned argument, I thought, from her.
0: Yeah, I quite like that. Um, was it was it she who said uh, it's not about you know it's about making amends, not mending, but making amends with history. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a great line, uh, and I think quite. And aside from the sort of the sonorous value, that I thought it was quite true. I, I'm I'm a little worried that uh, Councillor uh thinks that the John A. McDonald statue might be an actual human being. Yeah and And worries that perhaps uh and maybe she thinks that like John A. McDonald and Louis Riel are going to get together on some some place maybe maybe the new brand stadium I, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, this, this bizarre notion that we haven't heard from all people we know we know what people <laughs> we know that we know what the positions of of white people are, so do we need to do we need to have them? Uh, weighing in on this Uh, and do we need to have Councillor Bresciani getting up in council and telling the room what reconciliation is when she has obviously no clue what it is frankly
1: Yeah.
0: sorry I'm I'm sounding like a a left wing gormley here by stopping every so often and asking leading questions I just yeah, and I and I have to say I'm rather surprised by uh, LeBlanc's argument of uh, equivocation. Like, yes, these laws were good from one lens, from a white lens, but bad for an indigenous lens. I, I don't understand oh. how something that does massive harm isn't just harmful.
1: So oh, I, but I think I think that's what his argument was.
0: Right? Oh, okay.
1: Right, he was saying because one of the arguments, I'm sorry, uh, one of the arguments that have been made by a delegation is that uh, all we're talking about is McDonald's, uh, his crimes, the, the bad stuff from his history. Right. Uh, we why aren't we talking about how he's the founder of our nation? And this was uh, this is Leblanc's response to that, saying he only looks like the founder of our nation. He only looks like he has good stuff because we want to see the good stuff the good stuff is the bad
0: stuff oh okay because i i'm i misheard that that yep. piece um okay good yeah <laughs> that's good because i was rather surprised that uh that, that would be taking that position
1: yeah no i thought that was a pretty powerful statement as well and i guess yeah outside of the context it might it wouldn't make as much sense but yeah the people who had come to speak in favor of the statue were in a sense speaking in favor of john a mcdonald and that was a little disturbing,
0: especially since you know po- politics of whiteness aside, and I think I've, I've said this to you before, Donald was not much of a friend of the West, <laughs> like, in no. many ways. I mean, he basically ruled, like tried to rule over the West, uh, from you know from Upper Canada, uh, you know in a high-handed and sometimes deleterious manner. So why we're so bent on worshipping him now? It just it seems a little odd. It seems like something else is at play.
1: Yeah. The mere notion, I think, I've, I think I may have said this before. We've talked about this before. This idea that we have as Canadians that John A. MacDonald is our George Washington is a little disturbing because that's not how Confederation worked in Canada. Uh, there mm-hmm. were like many people involved in putting this together. Uh, John A. MacDonald was uh, the most colourful character among them, and Mm -hmm. uh, the most Machiavellian in getting himself uh, turned into the first Prime Minister. Uh, But he was certainly not the founder of Canada, and he's certainly not a singular individual uh, during that time period. But so many people during this meeting referred to him as the founder of Canada, which speaks to this idea that statues are bad history they Mm -hmm. aggrandize characters and they they're basically like hagiographies in bronze they don't tell the real story and they distort the real story by making it about the people who were deemed worthy of a statue exactly so um i'm glad to see the thing come down uh, frankly.
0: Oh, yeah, me too.
1: Oh, just a little bit more context, too. Uh, Reconciliation Regina, Councillor Brashani made a couple of references to that. Uh, this is the whole process behind how the statue became recommended to, to be put in storage. Uh, the city put together its, uh, oh, shoot, what's it called? It's like a, a public art and uh, legacy uh, stuff. Policy. I can't remember the name of it. My apologies. Uh, in there is kind of like a process where if a lot of people are up at arms about a legacy piece of public art or just a new piece of public art, and they say, you know, this is really offensive to our community. Uh, we feel that this is like, you know, this is like hateful or hurtful speech made physical. Right. Uh, then, the, you know, administration takes that uh, takes that feedback and hands it off. In this case, who they handed off to is an organization, uh, an arm's length uh, volunteer organization called Reconciliation Regina, which was set, which was set up by the city, and it's basically a group of um, people with the city and from Indigenous communities who are supposed to be uh, considering issues that relate to uh, the TRC recommendations and uh, just reconciliation writ large. Uh, within the city of Regina. So this got passed to them. And the lead on that group is uh, Gillis Lavallee and John Hopkins, who's the CEO of uh, the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, right. They had a look at the statue and they consulted uh, with the Indigenous community. And the feedback they got was that, yeah, a lot of Indigenous people, they feel extremely uncomfortable with the uh, John A. statue there. And so it was their recommendation that it should be put into storage before any further consultation takes place. And uh, they actually, they showed up at the meeting and spoke uh, quite uh, quite eloquently about uh, the, the harm that it's causing in the Indigenous communities. And that's kind of the important thing here. The the reason we're not having a broad consultation first is that it's harming the small group. And to make our city welcoming, we have to act to protect that group before we carry on with any kind of like broader discussion. That that seemed to rub the notion that indigenous people were consulted first. Let's be frank, was rubbing Brishani and Hawkins the wrong way in what they had to say, and it certainly bothered the delegations who came to speak uh, against the statue or speak in favor of the statue. <clears throat>
0: You know, there's one voice that we haven't heard at all, though. Who's that? We have not heard from the statue himself.
1: And now we never will.
0: Yeah. See, and that's that's just cancel culture in action. But I was I was going to say, I, I doubt very much that if, if you actually got the statue to talk, you, you would probably say, yeah, I hate being stuck outside all the time with birds pooping on me and uh, snow and stuff. So, yeah, put me in storage, please.
1: Oh, so if we really want to do John A. dirty, we should leave him outside and encourage more pigeons to uh, poop on him. That's exactly it. That is the only good argument for keeping the statue out there.
0: I think so. Just to make, make that statue's life a little more miserable.
1: And turn it into a graffiti free wall. Let people just write whatever they want on it. That's free speech.
0: Exactly. And, and it's like we're far be it from us to, to try and cancel free speech.
1: All right. Well, um, okay, Aiden, uh, I might just cut all this out. But I did, mm-hmm. while I was spending a chunk of my afternoon, probably like tripping on Pfizer. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to this council meeting where they discussed the John A. statue. And uh, to find these like quotes, like, you know, I end up listening to a bunch of the, the meeting. And, you know, you pick up little like words and stuff. And just to like kill time, I was strumming the guitar.
0: Oh. And I wrote a song. Oh, Really?
1: from from stuff that i heard certain counselors saying and i i thought i could play us out with that song today
0: i i would not say no to that
1: okay well you haven't heard the song so you might <laughs> okay well do you want to hear it now i'll re-record it better for the with my guitar totally in tune
0: sure let's let's hear the song this
1: is the first time i've played on zoom
6: Someone's put in storage. How does anyone learn? Someone's put in storage. There was hurt. I understand. There was so much hurt. I understand. The smoking bylaw. We got together for that. Smoking by law, we all came out for that. We should get together like that again. That's a conversation I'd like to have. How do we see Johnny and Louis. put in storage how does anyone learn when someone's put in storage there was when-
0: adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR, Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Our guests are, no no guests, hosts only Paul DeShannon, and Aidan Morgan uh, Music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill um, Yeah, you can find us on 91.3 FM uh, CGTR.ca slash, you know, podcasts or whatever, just go, go there you'll find us uh, also on Queen City IB uh, on Twitter and QueenCity.com uh, on the World Wide Week. Coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the Cockpit. Musical on through the night We broadcast Thursday evenings live 7:00 7 8 p.m. and Monday mornings rebroad- or Monday afternoons rebroadcast 3 to 4 p.m. That is all. That's all I got. I'm going to go drink some magenta. Keep on improving, Magenta.